Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, helping you to create a successful show. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com. Joined by Matthew. As always, how are you getting on, Matthew? Very well, thanks, Colin. Felt terrible jumping in over your initial take because you were doing really well for your intro and I jumped in all over it, stood all over it, but you recovered (laughs) flawlessly and I must say that was a 10 out of 10 intro, so... Oh, yeah, well, thank, you. The thank you very much. Even changed it a little <laughs> bit. I was going. I was going for our uh, old school intro. I've got like two or three that I do just uh, off the top of my head when we start it, and uh, I went for variation number two uh, on that second run there. I don't know why it just took me. No, did very well, <laughs> and it ties in nicely to our topic today of what are we brilliant at. I thought uh, to balance out uh, the last episode, <laughs> we could just talk about things that we're brilliant at. It's going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's going to put Dan Carlin to shame in terms of the episode length, because we're going to be here for a good eight hours, I reckon, aren't we? Of course, of course. Yeah, all those things, all those things. <laughs> if you didn't listen to the last episode, go back and have a listen. We talked about all the things we are particularly crap at as podcasters, essentially, Matthew, didn't we? And that was uh, equally Carlin length. <laughs> yeah, all the bad things. Episode. We just, we heavily <laughs> edited it. Um, yeah, exactly. Because no one would <laughs> yeah, ever listen yeah, again. Yeah, we could say that, couldn't we? Behind the scenes, we recorded like five hours of things we're crap at, <laughs> just kept coming out with them, and then edited it down to only 15 minutes because we uh, just got too embarrassed. Just couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Discussion continued in the pub afterwards. Yeah. Long into the small hours. But uh, no, it was it was good, actually, because it was an episode that we did manage to solicit some voice feedback. Mm-hmm. And that's with me neglecting to mention the short link for the voice feedback, mm-hmm. too. So it was in the show notes. So if you were a sleuth, I think that's the word, sleuth, you could mm-hmm. have found that. But um, yeah, we got uh, two voice clips in, which was brilliant. So we're going to play those and just dig into them today and see if we could yeah. offer any help aren't we yeah absolutely and let's get some more we'd love to get some more so we can cover this over the next few episodes if we get enough uh, so do go over to and i'll give the link this time matthew the podcasthost.com forward slash voicemail that's the podcasthost.com forward slash voicemail and uh, what are we looking for matthew exactly what kind of voice clips we want the listeners to tell us the things that they don't feel that they're very good at, you know, things they struggle with, uh, things they're just not very happy with in their podcast. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, we could see if we could offer any pointers or just agree with them that we're not very yeah. good at it either. But um, <laughs> I send them in, please, uh, thepodcasthost.com slash voicemail. Uh, yeah. Before Tuesday the 25th, if you're listening time of recording, I mean, we'll t- to be honest, we'll take these anytime. We'll always cover mm-hmm. them. But if you send it before Tuesday the 25th of July 2023, if you're able, then we'll stick you in a wee uh, draw for a 25 quid uh, or $25 Amazon voucher. Who doesn't want that in these, exactly. these times of financial difficulty? <laughs> Indeed, indeed. A positive note there. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's great, actually. I, I think this is a good example of that bit of advice we often get uh, give to get feedback from listeners, isn't it, about how to be um, quite specific about it. Like generally people will ask something like, you know, uh, get, get in touch and let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the show. And then people get nothing back. Uh, and they're always puzzled why they're not getting any feedback. But, and we discovered this this time around, that like we were quite specific. We said, give us a voicemail around something you struggle with, something that you think you're not very good at, and maybe we can help. And suddenly, Matthew, lo and behold, what did we get? 
we've got two clips <laughs> yeah i mean the 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 voice inbox was literally straining under the weight of these two clips but you know two two voicemails i think that's to be honest i'm going to pat ourselves in the back two voicemails is good because that's it's not an, it's not the easiest thing to send uh yeah. Yeah. you know it takes a bit of time and um but really grateful that um we got a couple of those in and hopefully we get a few more as well that'd be really yeah. nice Absolutely. Yeah, we would appreciate it. Yeah. So anything you think that you're not good at, anything you think you'd like to improve on, anything like Matthew said, you're not happy with in your podcast, pop over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash voicemail. All right. Should we jump into it, Matthew, then? We sure shall. Right. I'm going to play our first clip from John. So this is John. Hi guys, this is John Lacey from Build a Presentation Muscle, which you can hear more about over at johnlacey.com. I love the show. You asked what things we weren't good at, and I'm going to tell you. Number one, networking. I am not good at this. I'm an introvert. I try to interact with a lot of people online, but it is so hard to build a relationship online. If anyone's got any tips at all, please let me know. Number two, promotion. I, I put I put my content all over social media almost every single day of the week, but again, it's not getting a lot of traction. And number three, Managing my own expectations. I feel like I'm putting my heart and soul and sweat and tears into the things I make. And no one cares. Like the stats show that some people are listening and watching, but just barely into double digits. And I just feel like I have so much to give and nobody really wants it. So those are the things I'm struggling with. I'd love any insight that you may have to offer. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So good stuff there from John. So where do we start, Matthew? We'll go one, two, three, start at the start. Yeah, start at the start. Uh, networking. It, networking. It seems like John's specifically talking about networking online. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but uh, yeah, he did mention networking online because he's an introvert. Uh, any thoughts on that? Any initial thoughts on that, Colin? Yeah, okay, so... I can heavily identify with this. <laughs> it's something that, and I think I would extend it out to events as well. I bet you it's kind of, he's thinking most commonly it'll be online, but when he goes to events as well, I'm sure. If it's anything like me, um, I was at an event just last week, actually, and I had a goal to try and meet um, a few people around a particular area. We're looking at trying to improve our customer success, for example, in Alitu. So I wanted to try and talk to a few people that were talking on that. So I had a goal to wander about and find some people and have some chats with them. And invariably, when I get to the end of an event like that, I've managed to speak to a few people, but it's always like a big effort to sort of go around and try and find them and then strike up a conversation and all that kind of stuff. And invariably, I'm never happy that I've done enough as well. Um, and I think that extends online as well in that, I always feel like I should be sort of keeping up with people more often, like sending more emails, having more phone calls, all that kind of stuff, more Zoom calls, um, and just building those relationships. But I don't know. I I feel my my best day uh, is often just being able to concentrate on one thing. I think you identify with this a bit, Matthew, as well, but the conversations we have is being able to just sit down and concentrate on one thing and just get in flow and just work on something for two, three, four, even eight hours, like a whole day on something so it kind of draws me away from all of that kind of what sometimes feels like flippant uh messing around like just talking to people and uh kind of ethereal relationship building stuff <laughs> what do you think no i agree i agree and uh, again 
I hate caveats, but like I'm I'm the last person to give networking advice, to be honest. But my take on it is uh, all all relationships, if you like, are obviously uh, not equal. So we might feel, say, we spend a day, you know, on social media, we're liking posts, we're commenting, you know, we're catching up with this person quickly, that person. You might feel at the end of that, you know, that's a great. I've spoke to loads of people, I've done loads, but. I look at it on the flip side, uh, you know, I'm not doing any of that, but there are like, there are a, a sort of handful of people that I'll keep up with. I'll make a note, you know, once a month, once every couple of months, just to email somebody, uh, just to find out how they're getting mm-hmm. on, just to give them a wee mm-hmm. update on, on you know, my side of things. Uh, and, you know, that's in a professional sense. I'm not talking about like friends or family or that. So I think there's just different ways of going about it. Some might some sort of networking uh, it might feel very busy and it might feel you're doing a lot but maybe it's just a case of stepping back and just concentrating on less people but going a bit deeper if that makes sense yeah totally i agree with that there's a a couple of things you can do with that i think because i've tried a few different systems processes tactics whatever you want to call them to to do this better over the years and you do um get crms like contact relationship managers is that what they're called crm systems it's basically like your contact book you get systems like that um which can um send you reminders basically they can say oh you've not talked to this person in a few months and they link up to your email they they link up to um like your zoom account that kind of thing so they can tell and log when you've had a call or when you've had a even a you know an exchange on twitter sometimes they can log that kind of thing as well so you can look at a person and you can see all the exchanges you've had with them and that means they can remind you when you've not talked to somebody in a little while and prompt you to do that and I think that can be quite a nice way to do it when you're not kind of a natural at reaching out. It can feel almost a bit artificial potentially, but it is, I suppose. But it's because some people need a bit more help in kind of prompting that. Um, And I think you're totally right there, Matthew. Like you would pick out like five, 10, maybe 15 or 20 people that you want to build a better relationship with or you want to try and connect with more, put them in the kind of high priority bucket inside those systems and uh, and then sort of try and follow those reminders, really try and follow that system. Um, but equally, you can do it in Google and um, Gmail, sorry, these days too. Like, you, Have you ever used the snooze function in Gmail? Is that just when your head's on the keyboard and you're having a bit of a kip? <laughs> That's it, exactly. <laughs> They've got. I used to use a thing called uh, Boomerang. There was a wee plugin called Boomerang, which was essentially um, a tool that let you write an email and then send it later, or write an email and then set a reminder that it'll pop back into your inbox. So if you set, if I sent an email to you, Matthew, and you just ignored me, like you always do, of course, uh, I could say, uh, remind me in a day if he hasn't replied. And if you haven't replied, it pops but back into my my inbox yeah exactly (laughs) but gmail can do that automatically itself now too so you can basically have a little email chat with somebody and then you can snooze it for let's say six weeks and then it'll pop back in your inbox in six weeks and then that prompts you to do another have another conversation and reach out to them so that's maybe a simpler way too i've noticed Um, gmail doing that i've never as far as i know i've never set it up but i I will get like some will come back in they'll say sent five days ago follow up yes like oh yeah yeah it's got like a kind of <laughs> exactly <laughs> no i don't want to <laughs> yeah it's got a um a kind of automatic or an ai powered version of it too but you can do it manually as well mm-hmm. there's a wee mm-hmm. clock icon at the top of the inbox nowadays um the other one which 
I used a lot when I was going to live events, and I think it works online as well. Maybe this will help you, John, is when I started going to events, uh, I found myself just being too shy, too nervous to reach out to anyone, to talk to anyone. Um, And what I actually did, it's maybe slightly counterintuitive, is I just jumped straight up the engagement ladder and just started applying to speak instead. Um, And my theory was that if I was on the stage, then that's me speaking to everyone. uh, And maybe I would get my point across that way. And and that did work. And it started to build some kind of credibility, authority, all that kind of stuff. But the side effect that I didn't think of was the fact that if I spoke at an event, it meant that everyone came up to speak to me instead. So it puts you at the front and it means that everyone comes to say hi to you. So it kind of breaks that ice and it means that people approach you instead of you having to do it with them. And I really, that was great, actually. It just worked so well. And I still do that quite a lot these days. It was the whole reason I started speaking. Um, and then it kind of had all sorts of other benefits as well. But yeah, I don't know if that's something that can work for you. So either applying to speak at, um, you know, at live events or just doing more webinars and more kind of live presentations in communities and things like that. And if you do that, the people in those communities, the people that attend those presentations, they will no doubt reach out to you. And especially if you invite it as well, you can always say you can get in touch here, here and here. And that people, those people then start to reach out to you. In fact, John's show, Build a Presentation Muscle, is all about that, isn't it? <laughs> so maybe he's he's already doing that. So maybe it's about inviting more of those contacts when you're doing those presentations, John. I'm not sure. All right. Do you think that's enough for there? I no, happy with that. Happy with that. Um hopefully John is too. But yeah, th- these things again, we're not offering solutions, we're offering pointers, and it's always a work in progress. Everything's yeah. a work in progress, isn't it? So yeah, indeed, um indeed. next thing that John mentioned was promotion. Promotion. In particular, the fact that he says he publishes a lot on social media, but it's not getting mm-hmm. much traction. Uh, long-term listeners to the show won't be surprised to to hear my musings <laughs> on this. Is it just the method rather than the fact that John isn't very good at it? Is it just the fact that promotion, you're promoting your stuff on social media just isn't that great, isn't that effective, rather than John's <laughs> particularly bad at it? What's your thoughts on that, Colin? I think that's possible. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's possible that social is just not really um, working for a lot of people right now in a lot of cases, but it does work for a lot of other people. So you can't really kind of just write it off. We do kind of, don't we, Matthew, deliberately? Oh, absolutely. Both of us <laughs> don't. But, and that's not... Yeah. I think it's not even saying, we don't even say like it's it's just useless. It's just, it doesn't really work for us, I think, in many cases. Um, but, you know, more recently, I've been starting to play around with LinkedIn a bit more, actually. So I do have a couple of thoughts on this. One is, <clears throat> it sounds like you've been putting a lot of effort in, John. So you're already doing that kind of regular posting. So that's kind of the first barrier. A lot of people play around with social and then don't get any responses within the first week and say, this is useless and give up. But I think it does take, and from all the reading and kind of talking to people that I've done around this recently, it does take months to build up that momentum. But the other is around the types of posts. And I did get, I found a quite a good tip um, from somebody who does this really well around mixing up the, um, the business and the personal in certain ways, whereby you post a few things every week but telling those stories that are sharing a little bit of vulnerability, sharing a little bit of personality, sharing a bit more about who you are and why, <clears throat> excuse me, why you do what you do. Um, 
and mixing them in then with the kind of more um, teaching moments where you're teaching. So John's teaching about presentation skills here, I presume, going by the name of his podcast. So mixing in stuff like that in amongst other posts around those that kind of personal side and um, and finding examples of posts that people have shared on, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, where they share a bit of that vulnerability, but they also make a kind of point around it too. And then building some structure. And this is something that I like as well, because I'm a bit of a geek this way. Like I like to know I can have a structure to work with. So that hook at the start. LinkedIn in particular, for example, only shows kind of three lines and then says read more. So you need to have a little hook that builds some curiosity and really says something, whether it's controversial, an unpopular opinion, um, something that makes people think, wait, what? That can't be right. And putting that at the very top to make people really hit the sea more. Um, So that's something I'm playing around with just now. Um, And even being more specific, like Matthew, we talked earlier on about the kind of the specific, actually being very focused on what you want from people, not just saying a general, what do you think? But being specific around um, saying, so I've just posted about um, vocal warm-ups and presentation skills. What vocal warm-ups do you think sound the stupidest or make me look the most like a lunatic? <laughs> you know, a very specific question to try and build that engagement. Hopefully that would help me a bit, John, because I found that, like we said earlier, even just getting feedback for this show, but in, anywhere else as well, the more specific you get with those questions, the more specific you get with those prompts, to engage with you, what you want the listener to do, the more likely I think they are to actually do it. So let's see if that hopefully increases your engagement over the next little while. See if you can include some of that stuff. Um, And it'd be cool cool to hear actually. Yeah, get back to us if you think that helps. All righty. Does that persuade you, Matthew? You're going to get on social. You're going to be all over Twitter for the next few days. I've eh? just signed up. Give me a follow, (laughs) please. Uh, We could retweet each other. Um, I, the next thing that John mentioned was the managing of his own expectations because he feels yeah. like he cares about his show. Um, I did uh, take the liberty of going on uh, John's website there and his podcast page, build a presentation muscle at johnlacey.com. First thing, mm-hmm. John, fantastic audio quality and delivery. Looks like you're actually a voiceover anyway. So, you know, you've obviously got the voice thing in there and um, I great audio quality. But I'm guessing like maybe the wider issue here, and again, this is just a total first glance, so I could Mm -hmm. be totally wrong. I often am. But is your show maybe just targeting a bit too wide? Is it casting a bit of a wide net here? Because you're talking about about content creators. Now, we fall into that bracket and, and so will a lot of people listening. Most people listening will fall into that bracket, a content creator. But these days, Colin, is that just too wide a term? Do, does somebody does somebody hear something's for a content creator and think, "Oh, that's just for me," or is that just a bit too wide? You know. Yeah, most people probably identify with with a particular kind of content, don't they? Um, are you saying that John's shows about being a voiceover artist? Is that no, sorry, I no? Didn't catch that. It's more just skills for content creators. Ah, you know, okay. different things okay. that you could learn or do or yeah, pick up on. Yeah. So what would you suggest then that he picks one of the niches? So whether it's podcast, no, not podcasters. Don't do podcasters, John. Uh, So whether John picks uh, YouTubers (laughs) or bloggers, something like that, that's what you're suggesting. Like he goes more specific or do you think he could take an angle on content creation that's more specific? What do you think? 
Yeah, bit of both. And again, it, there's every chance he's already doing this because I've just very quickly glanced at the site. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, aye, whether you're really honing in on the voiceover world, the voice artist world, mm-hmm. if there's mm-hmm. a difference between the two, pardon my ignorance. But, ah, so, um, so content content creation for voiceover artists, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like how you market yeah. yourself. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I think it needs to be a bit more compelling to a certain amount of people, even if that's much less people than, yeah. you know, content creator, a content creator could literally be me when I get my Twitter account and I've posted yeah. the tweet, you know, it's content, yes. I've created it, but it's just, it's, it's too wide in my opinion. Um, yeah. especially yeah. when there's so many shows out there that are very targeted. So I would just yeah, look, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not saying abandon your show and that it's just, it's, a bit of tweaking, and that could just be a season. Like we've talked a lot about seasons. You know, you could try a season on, okay, this season is for, you know, this type of content creator um, and just see how you get on with it. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm offering this advice, like I say, at a glance on your website. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take it as a uh, gospel. No, I like that a lot. <clears throat> and it's it's a rare podcaster who can't get a bit more specific, a bit more targeted with their uh, with their audience, with you know the content they're creating for that audience. So yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I think. What about the question around just so that's around how to potentially um, grow our grow his audience um, because his expectations are he'd like a bigger audience. But what about managing expectations? As in, how do you if you if you have a very specific niche small audience? How are you, how do you become happy or how do you deal with having a hundred listeners? And that is your target audience for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there is a lot to be done around that in terms of like the fact that, you know, we often talk about the fact that podcast listeners are worth so much more than video watchers or blog readers because they're just so much more engaged. They're more, much more likely to actually act on what you do. So I think a lot of this is around the goal that John has with his podcast. Like I wonder what John's, um, outcome is from the show like does he do paid clients does he do coaching um is it to like give his service as you know going out and running workshops or is it actually to get more um speaking gigs like doing some other subject or something like that because let's say you have only 100 listeners and that is your maximum audience but you offer you know an a thousand dollar a month coaching plan which is quite common. You know, if you're a really expert in something, um, you're teaching voiceover artists how to make a living, that could be something you can easily charge, like $1,000 a month. And so 100 people listening, podcast listeners are so engaged, so kind of trusting of a, of a host, you get to know you so well, that you could convert half of those people into members of that coaching program. So then suddenly you've got 50 times 1,000, you've got $50,000 a year, uh, sorry, a month, um, which is a huge income. Uh, so you don't even need to convert that many. So I don't know if there's something around that as well, Matthew, is there around John's goals um, and how he handles that in terms of the numbers? Because you don't need big numbers, I think, for many Mm -hmm. of those goals. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you've said, which I don't say often, Colin, but Hmm? uh, yes, well said again. You're doing very well on this show, son. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's almost (laughs) like we've done this before. Appreciate that. You're a podcaster, Colin. (laughs) what do you think is there anything else you deal with in terms of numbers like that Matthew like you've done so many shows over the years as well like how do we how do we deal with when the numbers are not growing as uh, as fast as we'd like yeah I mean other metrics can be growing your engagement the people you're hearing from you can look at you know it's been touted a lot recently but listen time 
you'll get these stats mm-hmm. in Apple, you'll get them in Spotify. Just look at how long folks are listening for and you know, you see that as engagement and you can grow that engagement. You can watch it grow, you can try other things. So there are there are lots you can do beyond simple numbers as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what you said, Colin, covered pretty much, I would have said as well. No, I love that. Though. That's a really good point at the end there. Yeah, around, yeah, if you see the actual, you know, the listener numbers not growing as much as you can, then take control of the other ones, like engagement, like you say, listen time, like feedback. Feedback is a big one, just asking people to get in touch. Again, being specific to really encourage it. I think that's a big one. It's a huge one to keep your motivation going. Yeah, if you get really good at this, you might get two voicemails and so yeah, keep at it. Keep at it, John. Week. Don't give up. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate that, John. That was brilliant. I love that question. Um, uh, those questions, in fact. Now, Matthew, I have a question for you. A question for you. We're at 26 minutes. We're going longer than we always do, as usual. Shall we cut this in half? Or do you want to jump on to the next one? What do you think? I think we can do it. I think we can yeah. do it. There's, jump there's, straight in. <gasps> yeah, there's a key oh point to deal with, but yeah, I think it's doable. Okay, cool. Right, let's play it. So here is the next audio question, this time from Marty. Hello, gentlemen. This is Marty Logan. I host a podcast called Nepal Now, which is on a bit of a break, but uh, I'm still really keen to learn more about podcasting, which is why I listened to your episode about what I'm not very good at. It's one of my favorites, by the way, which I think probably reflects my own insecurities about my podcasting. Um, I did get over really disliking strongly my the sound of my voice. Um, so that's a barrier that I've crossed in the past three years. One thing that I really, really think I'm terrible at is being articulate when I'm in the middle of a recording. Uh, I just can't seem to find my vocabulary in the moment and seem to repeat the same words over and over. And then, of course, there's the ums and the ahs and the other weird sounds that I make, which I hear when I'm editing. Um, The other thing I would say is I completely agree with listening back to a podcast and realizing that I missed a really good opportunity to follow up on a thread. So that act of listening... And I think being willing to veer from the script is another thing that I must get better at, even after 30 plus years of being a journalist and three years now with my own podcast. Love the show. Thanks a lot for that. Thanks, Marty. Sounds like you got cut off by our uh, vicious time guard in our voicemail there. But yeah, I really appreciate your question. Um, All right, Matthew, where are we going to dive in here? Yeah, I think Marty was just going to say where you could find his show. It's called Nepal Now. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Nepal is in the country. Nepal Now. Yeah, perfect. Busprot. Busprot. That's a new Bus site. Busprot. Nice. Art- so I'm going to give Marty advice on being articulate uh, whilst saying Busprot. So welcome <laughs> to the podcast, folks. Um, Busprot.com. Link in the show notes. Uh, there's one one key thing to dig into here, Colin, isn't there? I mean, Marty's talked about sort of getting over disliking the sound of his own voice and that's a a whole subject of its own yeah totally. but this feeling of um you know not feeling like you're very articulate not feeling like you could find words and stuff like that obviously this is a very real thing it's something i totally struggle with as the listener could no doubt tell but do we hold (laughs) ourselves to this is a no-brainer question do we hold ourselves to much higher standards than we do other folks 
we're, we're very used to hearing people on the radio, people on the TV, or just, you know, podcasters that have been doing it a long time, uh, you know, and, and have very polished shows, heavily edited as well. And, you know, when you'd sit down to do a raw recording, you can just feel like a bit of a, you know, you're just stumbling your way through it. So yeah. I, I totally struggle with this too. I think I think that is the total key point there. I think it's it's the pressure, it's the perfectionism, it's the the feeling that you are not as good as everyone else out there, and therefore you notice those little stumbles like a hundred times more than you would with anyone else. And I think maybe that's something that I've never actually thought about it this way before. So you've put it well there, Matthew. Around maybe it is worth maybe something to combat this kind of problem is to actually really make a point over the next two or three podcast episodes you listen to. In fact, this one, Marty, listen to all of the stumbles, the pauses, the little um, sort of glitches that we've had in our voice because we don't really edit this at all in terms of detail, do we, Matthew? Like we just leave that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, the ums and ahs, I just did one yeah. there. Uh, we leave them in because, I don't know, I just think it makes it more authentic. And actually, I find that when people do edit them out, you you end up doing more and you don't improve the way you speak because there's no pressure to. You're using editing as a crutch. But listen to the next few episodes and listen to how many of those little glitches that your favorite presenter actually makes and you barely notice them at all. Or you do notice them, but actually it's just kind of almost subconscious and it just makes you realize that this person is just a human and they just speak. Um, so there is a big part of actually that expectations thing. I think, Matthew, you're spot on there, figuring out how to be okay with the fact that you stumble your words and and not making a big deal of it. As soon as you kind of take the pressure off yourself a little bit, I think that actually you get better at that. The pauses disappear because you're not kind of feeling that pressure, that stage fright. Um, and also you don't make such a big deal of every time you do stumble over a word uh, and you just keep going and it's totally fine. So, yeah, I think that's a big one. I mean, on the ums and ahs front, like to me, this might just be because I've done audio editing for a long time, but edited out ums and ahs are more jarring to me than them just, yeah. I know I know, folk could go overboard and every second word is an um, but yes. I, when I hear them edited out, it pulls me out of it because I'm like, oh, that must have yeah. taken a long time to edit and you know, that's not quite right, that one and the timing's wrong there and it sounds really unnatural. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's the, the one trick I got taught once to get rid of them or to try and get rid of them is to so you start being conscious of it. So you realise, you say to yourself, right, I know I do um and ah a little bit. So what I'm going to do is every time... I stop to think. Every time I finish a sentence, I'm just going to breathe. And I'm kind of exaggerating it right now. But in between the sentences, when you get to the end, you take a deep breath instead of doing an um. Uh, And you can start to get used to doing that. And it can become a habit, actually. Um, It sounds a little bit, obviously, that was a bit of exaggerated there. But you can do it in an exaggerated way like that. And it starts to become part of your pattern. And actually takes out quite a lot of the ums and ahs because really it is just that it's the pause it's you feeling the pressure to fill the space and keep your turn like you don't want somebody else to start speaking in your pauses so you end up doing ums and ahs to show people you're still speaking so it's a funny one yeah so try that breath thing um maybe marty and see if that helps you as well the other one i would say and we just did an episode on this with uh, jacob um, Matthew is uh, vocal warm-ups. Do you do any? Do you do any of these when you're uh, um, starting to record, like especially when you're doing your audio drama and stuff like that, where you need to be articulate and get it right? 
Absolutely not. No, no don't I do th- any of that. No, I think. All sounds very good in theory, but no, not for me. Thank you very much. I actually, <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually think I do do some um, when I've got something. If I need to read something, so if I need to read a script, I'll always do a wee bit of just little kind of articulation warm ups because I find. My trouble is the things that makes the thing that makes me stumble over my words more than anything is my um, my lips feeling really kind of uh, unarticulate, and the one thing that I do more than anything else is uh, the exercise of just doing vowels really exaggerated. So I'll do a a e o u, and it's like moving your lips around really those big mouth shapes. And just doing that for like one or two minutes. And it does, it really, it genuinely makes me feel like I can speak more effectively because it kind of loosens your lips up, makes them work a bit. And there's even that old, uh, you see it in the films sometimes, or like people, like a singer warming up, they'll go like a horse (laughs) and just vibrate their lips. Uh, And I think that helps as well. It kind of loosens up your lips a little bit too. And the other one, I don't do this as often, but I have found it effective sometimes is just a few tongue twisters as well. What's your favourite tongue twister, Matthew? She sells seashells on the seashore. Or ship your show. I like that one too. Ship your show. Ship your yeah. show, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, Peter Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle pepper. <laughs> yeah, takes a bit of practice. But those kind of things actually genuinely make a difference. They they kind of get yourself warmed up. They get all of the sound. Like you can you can look up one for every kind of main sound that you make, like whether it's piz, buzz, all the kind of different um, mouth shapes. Uh, and do them and proper presenters like vocal artists and singers and all that will spend like 20 minutes doing this kind of thing before they get on stage which probably shows how valuable it is but that can make a real difference marty so yeah maybe try that and um, i'll point you to a resource like i said my, jacob and i did a um an episode on this quite recently and it's on youtube now so if you go over to our youtube channel go over to uh What's the easiest link for there? I'll go thepodcasthost.com forward slash YouTube and I'll make that up afterwards. Um, go over there and uh, I'll t- it'll take you to our channel. And in our recent videos, you'll find one in there about vocal warm-ups and uh, articulation exercises. Aye. Give John's show a listen to. Sure yeah. To oh, yeah. Totally. So. Very good points. Very good points. And yeah, the other thing you mentioned there, Marty, was around the follow-up questions. Well, we did that um, pretty in-depth last week, I think. So hopefully that gave you a good hand. But yeah, it's definitely something I think you can improve on. The act of listening, the kind of following up on things, really kind of trying not to stick too strictly to a script. So hopefully that gave you some help. But if there's anything more specific around that, by all means, follow-up voicemail question, thepodcasthost.com forward slash voicemail, and let us know. All right, Matthew. Yeah, it'd be great to see more of these. Again, before Tuesday, the 25th of July, you can get your hat in the ring for a, a wee voucher. Um, we could do it with a dice, Colin. What do you think? Are we going to oh, be nice. using a D4 if we get a couple more in? Could we get a D6? I'd love it if we could use a D20. Oh, yeah, every definitely. D100's my favourite, actually. Rollmaster, uh, yeah, longest running game that I've ever been in. It was a D100, always um, percentages. It's good. It's very satisfying when you roll a hundred or even an eighty-nine. I'm not good enough at maths for a D one hundred. So <laughs> don't, I, worry, you don't need I would to take it. actually <laughs> now that you say that you do. I was about to say you don't have to add up, but you totally do. Like I've got a kind of you've got a fifty-five modifier on a roll of like forty-seven, and you're like, what does that add up to again? <laughs> and you just randomly pick a number out there. 120 is what I got. 
Cool. Uh, I so looking forward to see what comes into the old uh, speedpipe inbox. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, Colin, I just wanted to to sort of mention something as we come towards the end of the show. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's just a, but it's a, it's a very personal thing in the first instance uh, that my um, my younger brother tragically took his own life uh, last year, last summer. And um, we are now organising in his memory and as an attempt to raise some money for a mental health charity called Back On Side. We're organising a charity football match. It's going to take place uh, in August of 2023, Sunday the 20th August. So like I say, we're raising, we're looking to raise £5,000 for a mental health charity called Back On Side who do some really, really good work. And, uh, you know, the match is obviously going to be hopefully a celebration of my brother's life, but also the chance to to make a difference for vulnerable people out there who, you know, it's not too late and with the right help, um, you know, people might be able to get through whatever they're going through and it doesn't sort of have to come to, to this for what it has for my brother and for us as his family. So I'm going to make a, a link just... It's a just given page, but they're not the the best URLs. So I'll do thepodcasthost.com forward slash just giving. Just giving's the 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 charity fundraising page. So any donations, no matter how small you might think they are, would be absolutely more than welcome. Uh, I would love us to hit that target and uh, just you know, good to know that that money will go to good use somewhere and could could genuinely save somebody's life. So like I say thepodcasthost.com forward slash just given is where you'll find that page good stuff well done for doing that Matthew it's a great thing I know it's um it's going to be a difficult time next month uh, yeah. but with something like that to focus on and knowing that you're you're working towards something and you could do some good uh, yeah, it's going totally. to be really valuable for us all so it's it's just good to be able to to keep working away on that and to, to try and make a difference somewhere yeah for sure yep Good stuff. Okay, so that link was thepodcasthost.com forward slash just forward slash. There we go. Never gets any easier, does it? (laughs) Thepodcasthost.com forward slash just giving. Anything you can offer would be much appreciated. Okay, folks, thank you for listening to another week of Podcraft. We'll see you on the next one. We'll talk to you then. 